0: Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle
1: DeRoche, and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network,
2: 105.3 FM in New Orleans.
1: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday night segment of The Outer Realm. We are broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network, UFO, Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing folks over at Folgers Coffee who have had the faith in us since day one. So thank you, Folgers. Amelia and I appreciate you so very much, and we just couldn't do it without you, nor would we want to also thank you to dr snick the sonic surgeon aka justin snicker for his contribution of his time his music and his voice for the intro that you just heard he is an award-winning composer of halloween horror sci-fi and dark wave electronic music which can be found all over any of your favorite music platforms and tis the season so he's got a lot of great stuff coming out as we speak. Also big thank you to Steve McGinnis, the artist behind the banners and logos here at the show. Check him out on Facebook and Instagram also specializes in the horror genre, does comic books, graphic novels, you name it, commission pieces. He is your guy. So tonight, as you can see, I'm solo bubbles. Is under the weather boo boo. Let's send bubbles like well wishes. We love her. We miss her. And, uh, We just don't want to make sure she gets herself taken care of. So hopefully she'll just be listening in. Tonight, for the very first time, uh, we welcome Pat O'Connell. A little bit about Pat. She's a communications consultant for high-tech corporations in fields as varied as nuclear power, aerospace, antibody, library, solutions. She's a researcher, novelist, nonfiction author with eclectic interests from science to medicine to history and psychology, to metaphysics and the paranormal. She helps individual clients manifest their own book publication dreams. And throughout all of it, she remains an activist for truth and freedom. I love that. Now, a little bit about what's going on tonight and about the book bleed through a true story of aliens, demons, and pure evil in Texas. So it's a true story with a twist. So shocking. You'll never see it coming. What the heck, right? This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm already hooked. Anyway, for three years, Texas Aircraft Repair Shop owner Clay Wheeler witnessed an array of paranormal phenomenon at Sparks County Airport that make the events at Utah's Ken Walker Ranch pale by comparison, including UFOs, aliens, poltergeist, demonic possession, and plain old murder. Now a team is forming to finish the investigation and find out what, if any, Evidence is really buried out there. So, wow, holy crud. I'm just already like, come on, let's go. (laughs) Ready to go. But, guys, you know, remember we've got, you know, seven chat rooms. Roku does not have a chat room, so we don't count it. But we have seven chat rooms that are coming into like one lane. So, we're going to try to get to as many people as we can in comments. I'll try to keep up, but we also have to keep up with whatever. It is she is is at in this, this point where where she's at in the whole conversation. So people are chiming in to which we're always grateful. Hello, Jade. You're supposed to be taking care of yourself, Chickie. <laughs> but I'm glad you're here. Uh, Wayne, hello, 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 Ruth. Hello, Mark Eddie. Hello. Dolly, oh, you know, I always want to break out in song when I say your name. <laughs> so, hello, Z-Sun. Hello. Hello. Glad to see everybody here. Uh, Chris, hello. So, man, just waiting on the guests to chime in. It sounds like pretty fantastic. I know that myself. Oh, never mind. I think our guest is here. We're going to bring her in because I know everybody's chiming in and is really excited about it, and I want to give her absolutely as much time as possible. Be patient in the chat room. We don't cut off the guest. You guys know better. Behave. <laughs> Hello, Pat. How are you? Hey, Michelle. How are you? I am well. I am well. And yourself?
2: Yes, very good. Yeah.
1: Good. Good. Wow. I I I have to say, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm always excited when any of our guests come on, and um, I've really been looking forward to this one. <laughs> it's a, it's a crazy story. It is, and Michelle is a friend of mine, and she said, "Oh no, no, oh, you yeah. have to, you have to have powder." I'm like, "Okay, you know, <laughs> give me the goods, give me the goods." And when she told me, like, "Oh yes, absolutely," so yeah, wow, wow. I mean the one the the one little snippet of you know skinwalker ranch pales by comparison is what sticks out with me. So I want to basically just start, you know, I, I guess at the beginning with this story because I know you are versed in many things and you are spread out in many different directions, <laughs> right? Right, yeah. Right. So what what brought you to to this, to this? point in your life with bleed through with a whole the whole event
2: well um you know i'm a professional writer uh communications consultant and um in 2015 my brother jim who uh believed that he was abducted by aliens uh and had was developing a, a tv reality show to uh showcase the stories of the abductees uh called me and he said he's in Connecticut and he called me I'm in Texas and he said uh you know I've got this case that's so crazy that I I can't even tell it in an episode in a one-hour episode on a tv show I I don't even know if I could tell it in a three-hour three episode arc so would you be interested first of all in vetting the guy uh you know (laughs) making sure he's the real deal and um because I, I could I could go talk to him, whereas my brother couldn't in the moment. Right. And um, would I be interested in maybe writing a book or multiple books or a screenplay or all of the above to tell this story? And I have to say that the book that did result, uh, there was a whole lot of material still left on, the, as they say, the cutting room floor. So right. there's a whole bunch of stories that... Um, still aren't in there, but, um, so that's how I got pulled in. But in that conversation, my brother's telling me kind of a little bit about what was going on. And I'm saying, okay, well, that sounds, that sounds a little bit like what I've been reading about this Skinwalker Ranch place. Now <laughs> understand that Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch at, in those days was basically the story of the rancher who lived there. It was not what we know today. It wasn't, right Bigelow with his scientific right. uh you know investigation and it certainly wasn't Brandon Fugel with now what you see on TV it right. was just people having experiences on the ranch and I'm you know I thought well that's pretty interesting and then my brother said and the guy claims he shot and buried an alien and I'm like holy cow I man
0: you know <laughs> <starts> right there <laughs>
2: Right. If I wasn't already hooked, that did it. I mean, I was already interested because I'm, I'm open-minded and I'm curious and, you know, I don't know what was happening to my brother and I love him and I trust him. And, uh, you know, he, 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 and he was open to the possibility that what he believed he was experiencing might've been some kind of weird psychological phenomenon, kind of like, if you're familiar with Whitley Strieber, you know, in his books, he doesn't say I, yeah, he doesn't say I was literally abducted by aliens. He's, he's all along uh, allowed for the possibility that this is something else. This is some crazy psychological phenomenon or whatever, but he thought it deserved attention because it it was a real thing that was affecting people. And that's kind of the way my brother was too. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's how I got pulled into this.
1: Right, right. Well, that's a pull and a half. I I think I would have (laughs) jumped in with both feet as well. (laughs) So, yeah. so, so I mean, all of these stories are coming to you and Let's talk about the key players. Why don't we start there and get into, because I mean, we don't obviously don't want to give away the whole okay. thing. We get the book, but we also want people to know why they want the book. So, <laughs> so let's talk right. about um, the key players and, and let's talk about how the experience has started for them because we've got Clay. Well, so,
2: uh, the key player, Jim. right. Yeah. The key player in the story is, is uh, my brother, Jim and uh jim o'connell and then uh clay wheeler not his real name were as they did with skinwalker ranch were not disclosing the the name for the you know families out of respect for the families and uh uh, at some point they may come out just as the people uh the ranchers at skinwalker ranch did but um anyway uh it started with um he he he, clay was uh, an aircraft repair mechanic. He had a shop that repaired airplanes and uh, at this little airport in Texas in the middle of nowhere. Uh, But he had a lot of business and um, he was very good at what he did. And he had been out there running this business, owned his own hangar for years before any of this started. Nothing went on. And uh, as far as I know, the only thing that changed was in 2009 uh there there was a, a an exploratory drill uh, oil oil drill uh at the end of the runway uh and they didn't find anything but i keep thinking maybe that triggered these events i don't i still don't know we're you know hopefully process of elimination is the one thing that that's different right what- yeah right 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 so and you know thinking uh i um, kind of skipping ahead, but thinking, could they, they've hit something in a pocket of gas or hmm. something toxic that got in the water or got in the air or whatever, but it, whatever it was, hmm. 2010 was when the craziness started for Clay. And it seemed to have affected people that worked for him. It affected his, his wife. Uh, it affected people who live nearby. So, um, he, of course he's worked you know he he depends on the FAA and certification, the Federal Aviation Administration certification for for his work for his livelihood. Right. So um, yeah. just like pilots, you you don't want to talk about UFOs or anything weird uh, oh. or you'll lose your job, you'll lose your right. credibility, whatever you know you need to do do your work. and so yeah. um, it, it kind of started faintly one night he, he he built an apartment on the end of the hangar building because he and his wife were going to be uh, building a, a house on some property that they had bought nearby. And instead of renting a house in town, they decided that, you know, they just add this little apartment on the end of the, uh, the hangar right. uh, and they'd live there until they built their house. So um, he was out there. She hadn't moved out to the airport yet. And uh, one night, late at night he heard some goings on at the air outside at the airport and so he gets up and he looks out there and there's the there are these people who apparently saw lights in the sky that were behaving in the way in a way that they shouldn't or couldn't i mean conventional aircraft couldn't do these things and so they kind had followed it out from town and of course this is an airport so wide open skies and so they came out there to see if they could get a better look at it and that's and he he actually did follow it trying to follow it follow its path and then he he lost track of it but that piqued his interest and he didn't know what they were um but then um one day he was um he had a a plane out on the taxiway uh, that had been repaired and washed and waxed and it looked just perfect. And he had to go out and take pictures to send to the client for their insurance or something like that to show that the repairs had been made, blah blah blah. Right. And um so he took the pictures and um he was un he he had this new digital camera. He was not he wasn't used to using a digital camera. Yeah. Uh, 2010 that, he, but he admits he was kind of behind the time on that kind of technology. If, he, if, if it was about an engine or a you know, piece of machinery, he, he could do wonders with it. He could make it stand up and dance, but right. uh, the, the digital technology kind of escaped him. So uh, he, uh, he goes in to the office. And so the, the building that he was in, there was a hangar, on one end and the apartment on the other end and in the middle was his office. And um, so he goes into the office and uh, he starts looking at the uh, images that he had just taken pictures of to see which ones are going to be best to send to the client. And he noticed something silvery in the sky and he said it was like a pork pie hat. It was clearly a disk. It was nothing. I mean, he was a pilot. He was a, uh, an, a flight instructor, you know, and an aircraft repair person. So he knew what aircraft looked like. He knew what stuff in the sky looked like. And this was not like anything he'd ever seen. But, again, he works for the FAA, or he's beholden okay. to the FAA for his certification. So he... Right didn't say anything to anybody and you know he's thinking did i did i imagine it or is it is it something on the lens so he goes out and he takes some more pictures and it was gone so he didn't know what to think but he didn't say anything about it to anybody at the shop because he didn't want anybody telling that story so that's kind of where this started now he's holding this inside And he Mm. doesn't know what to do with it. So he's got that experience and the lights in the sky from the people who showed up at the airport that night. And now he starts watching the skies because he's thinking, what was that pork pie hat thing in the sky? That thing that looked like one of the classic shapes of a UFO. Yeah. And uh, so he would, he would go out at night and (laughs) And you you can't do this now. But he would take a laser and shine it at lights in the sky that seemed to be moving in ways that conventional aircraft wouldn't or or
1: the whole CE5 thing thing. is the lasers and it's crazy.
2: Right? I know you know, and and I hadn't thought (laughs) about that until just recently, yeah. But he, yeah. was, he was essentially calling them. And so he was out there yes. with the lasers and he noticed that, you know, if he would get close, sometimes one would jump out of the way. And well, we know that nothing we know of can do that. That's right. Um, so That's what right. the heck was that? So this was his this was his his thing. And then um, as time went on, uh, he, you know, he would do this at night and then one night he was working late uh with his crew and i think a few of the people he worked with uh went outside and and there was this ship this craft that he and and he had other experiences with other craft that hovered over the runway and dove into the ground and all kinds. Of, and I can tell you more about those, but this, yes. this one, this craft, he said he, he called it uh, uh like, it was like a uh, hard shell eyeglass case.
0: Mm. And mm.
2: this one makes a couple of appearances in his story. The first time it showed up, he was doing the laser thing. He had the people pull out the, the team, Uh, that was working late with him. And he said, you know, let's take a break or it's we're let's quit for the night or whatever. And so they went outside and he's now got a more powerful laser. And he he, he had (laughs) had quite, I know. know. Uh, (laughs) And he had quite a collection of these lasers. He he was telling me about this one laser he had that could burn a hole or light a cigarette at 10 feet or, you know, some crazy (laughs) thing like that. And I'm like, yikes Uh, not a good thing but uh so he's he's telling everybody okay here right and he and he says okay here uh you know do you do you want to hold the flash or do you want to hold the the laser and why don't you try it and uh so nobody really wanted to try it so he's (laughs) showing them and watching okay watch this thing flip so this one particular ship started coming in. So he shines the, the laser and it comes in closer. And and everybody's thinking, wow, this is really cool. And they thought that was it. And so he's playing with the laser again, and the thing comes in closer. And, oh, wow, this is really cool. And then the next thing he knows, it's, it's overhead. Now, I don't know how far overhead, uh, but close enough that they could see the shape. They could not see any windows or anything like that, but they could see that it was sort of this oblong shape, mm. fairly thin, right. And he said, um, as they were standing out there and this ship was over top of them, he felt this what was what he said felt like somebody poured a bucket of warm water into his head, and it was just kind of flowing through him into his body. And he's thinking, Oh, this is really cool. And then he got this horrible, the worst headache that he's ever had. Um, But he, he, and and his friends were like, okay, we've got to take you inside. This isn't right. You know, I don't know what's happening, but this is not good. So they took him inside and he was saying to his friends, he said, I, I, I think they were trying to communicate with with me. He said maybe this feeling, this warm water feeling was like um, what a computer feels like when it's downloading information. And I thought, I mean, I I still think about that. I I think what a cool concept. I mean, who thinks about what a computer feels like? First of all. Right. Right. And then what does it feel like downloading information? And we don't know how aliens would communicate uh we know that a lot of people say they communicate uh, telepathically but that's right yeah Yeah. maybe maybe that's maybe that's their way of trying to simulate what we do with our mouse and maybe Mm. this download thing was a more direct communication i don't know but he said when he told his his friends i i think they were trying to communicate with him well one of his friends says no i think they were trying to kill you so of course gotta be that guy (laughs) right right so that was like okay it it was the beginning kind of 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 we don't know what these what these ships or if there's somebody in them and what they're trying to do and could they Mm -hmm. hurt you and Mm -hmm. you know those kind of questions start bubbling up and you know he had he had quite a few other experiences where it was late at night. Uh, most of the experiences happen at night. Uh, most of the ships showed up at night, but there were some that showed up broad daylight. Well, said, I've, I've produced, you know, there were the photos
1: uh, on your website. There are some really great pictures on your website. People should go check it out. I've got it scrolling across ah. at the bottom of the screen here. So he, 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 he was very yeah, thorough. Yeah, I mean, like, the, he, he caught good pictures, right?
2: Well, I mean, you know, after a while of, of interviewing him, I wanted—he was so fixated on the photos—and and, um, I wanted, I wanted him to just set those aside because right. I felt like they were getting in the way of me connecting with the experiences he had. And I, and after a while, I was trying to get at okay, tell me more about what you experienced with your own eyes, with your own senses, up close mm-hmm. and personal, not through a camera, not through binoculars, not through whatever. Um, and so that was that was a challenge for me to get him separated from all of that evidence right. that he had collected. Right. And by the way, the, what, the stuff that you're looking at um, is only supposedly a fraction of what he had um there, right. there was a point in the story where um there was a there was a raid by uh law enforcement, and they took a whole bunch of his stuff, and when he got wow. his computers back, he said that a, a lot of the evidence was he said a lot of the best evidence he said the best evidence was was gone so by law enforcement um, I don't know. You know, I I haven't seen it, so I don't know what he had. But uh, wow, yeah, wow. So why would law yeah, enforcement that was be interested? Another part of the craziness, right? I mean,
1: why would law enforcement be interested? Well, I can see military, air force, something the, like
2: the, that.
1: The, Must be the lasers.
2: Well, it it's it's obviously a, it's a long story, but it had actually had to do with. Um, Well, depending on who you talk to, um, it it could have been his wife, who eventually was his ex-wife. She was her behavior turned dark when all this started. And so uh, I believe that she triggered this. But um, other folks who knew him and I need to find out more. You know, I have I, I actually have an interview Uh, Saturday with one of the uh, witnesses to find out more about what might have also triggered this. Why was the ATF and, you know, those agencies uh, out to Mm -hmm. get him or, or interested in him at all. So, um, but you know, it, it, it was a long, it was a long progression of things, but the, the curious thing was that, and this goes back to what happened in in 2010 or before 2010 that suddenly changed the whole atmosphere at the airport um, mm. and he said that you know it got to where when the employees would clock in in the morning for work uh, their mood would turn dark they'd start snapping at each other and be real grouchy and Uh, mean or whatever and but it seemed like his wife was the most affected by it
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: um over time she got worse and worse and worse and not even normal kinds of (laughs) darkness or craziness she was like off the charts crazy wow crazy so um
1: something got and, and, and she's
2: right. and and it seemed like um, for whatever reason it affected her the most. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I interviewed Clay and I corresponded with Clay and I spoke to him on the phone. So if he wasn't a reliable witness as they as they say, I won't know Mm -hmm. because I don't have any way to verify whether or not, um, you know, maybe he was affected by it too. I mean, I know he was affected by the events um, Mm -hmm. and the behaviors around him. um, And he actually, his health declined over the three years um, that these things took place before he finally left the airport. So it was really three, three and a half years
1: that uh, all this wow. was going on. Wow. So Dolly had asked, um, also an experiencer, aware she, she's she's ah. got a book and a show in the network, um, with precedent called the Light Gate. Um, the question was, where did this happen and what year? So I guess you're just catching up here. So where exactly and what well- year?
2: It started in 2010 and um there we go. It was in a small town in Texas and we're not revealing the location right now because right. um Obvious <laughs> reasons. Yeah. this goes to the dead alien thing. Uh yeah. and right. so we're we're hoping to find that and we don't want people coming out there uh partly because Clay said he might have booby trapped the site, and so you know we have you know we have a bomb technician, we have bomb dogs, we have uh, the capabilities to deal with this very right. professionally and very cautiously. So we don't right. want anybody to know where it is. Uh, once once we do this, yeah, we can we can tell the world where where it is.
1: Right, but you don't really want another Skinwalker Ranch on your hands either with people flocking to it?
2: I don't think so. I mean, you know, I look at the Skinwalker Ranch uh, TV show and I think because I got involved reading about that and learning about it from the time when it was just some ranchers having, seeing blue lights or, uh, Mm -hmm. seeing a UFO or a, uh, they had a, a portal that somebody who was standing in one spot could see and a person standing not too far away couldn't see it at all. Uh, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And a giant wolf. And a, I think they had a few holtergeist types of events. So there's that Skinwalker story. And then there's the other Skinwalker story, which is what really – is of interest today that we're watching on TV. It's what the scientists are telling us is happening. You know, they're Mm -hmm. dropping sensors out of airplanes. They're uh, shooting lasers up in the sky and rockets up in the sky and with sensors on them. And so all of this is dependent on what the scientists tell us these readings mean. Whereas Mm -hmm. I go back to the original human experience um to me that's that's more interesting and Mm -hmm. that's kind of what clay had so you know when you said we don't want to turn this into another skinwalker ranch i i suppose somebody could do all the things at the airport that they're doing at skinwalker ranch oh
1: i i don't even mean scientifically i just mean with everybody like being drawn to it not necessarily doing anything right just going for their own experiences. I think sometimes people forget themselves when they go looking for an experience. I'm not, I mean, I think it would be great if they could scientifically get people in there eventually and, and figure it out. And, you know, it would validate a lot of all of your research, clay, right. Yourself, Jim. Right. So,
2: right. Okay. Right. And we do have, we do have a team with, with technology and uh, that sort of thing to to hopefully scan the area see if we can find any conventional explanations for what was going on. But um, but to, to your point, I, my husband and I have sat out on the runway at night hoping to see something, you right. know, come on down. Right. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> right.
1: Right. Come see Any us. luck? Any luck? <laughs> have you found anything?
2: Not that I know of. Okay. No, not yet.
1: Okay. Okay, I have to know about the buried alien. <laughs> I have to know about the buried <laughs> alien. So, how? What happened to this alien? And is this something that you know? They they buried one of their own. Did just did he come across it? Um, what's with the alien?
2: <laughs> well, I got know. That. Again. Again, you have to, you have to know the backstory. So throughout of the period of th- three and a half years, um, first, you know, he sees ships. And yeah. then uh, his first encounter with aliens was, um, he was in his apartment and it, it, it was three o'clock in the morning. He was awake. He couldn't sleep. And he thought, well, I'll just call my sister who was working in China at the time. So it was middle of the day for her. So he called her and being kind of an antsy guy, he was fidgeting while he was talking to her and he's talking on the phone. And so he walks over, just not even thinking about it, he walks over to the door that goes into his office from his apartment. And as he opens the door, he sees these two little gray aliens on his left and all all this whole this whole encounter took just a few seconds but he 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 said it was you know the memory was just etched into his brain he said they were dressed in silver clothing of some sort and um he said the curious thing about that was that when he as he opened the door the the two aliens moved out of his way as if they were one unit. Like he said they moved like a gate opening.
0: Hmm. And,
2: and and me being a skeptic, I'm thinking, who would make something like this up? Right. And so he said, so the the little guys were on the left. And he said, and then he looks over to his right, and there's this tall guy. And it didn't look anything like the two little guys, and uh, I think I sent you a. a, a I, I was just going to
1: say, can uh, I? It that was that just my. Up? Tr- no, I'm going. Gra- I'm going to do that. Yeah, right it was just me trying
2: okay. to. Just yeah, tr- I was that. just trying to find images that were similar to the little guys, and then the big guy, and um, he—he's there. You go.
1: Okay, I'm just going to take the banner off yeah. for a second.
2: Get there. that up okay. here. Um, okay so he, so the two little guys moved like a gate and uh and the big guy and I couldn't find a picture of a of an alien that looked anything I mean that looked similar to what he described it he said it was a tall guy it seemed to be naked but but it had no features you know there was no genitalia right. there was just it was like a Ken doll um right. And, but he said the eyes were huge. They were bulging out like they were too big for the sockets. They, the lids closed from the top and bottom. And he said the back of the head had two bulges in it. And he said he knew, he, he, he doesn't know why, but he knew that um, this guy was the bodyguard for the two little guys. And right. then, then the big guy, took a step toward him and he freaked out and shut the door, dropped the phone. And I don't know how long it was before he was prepared (laughs) to open that door again. But um, when I talked to his sister later on, she said, well, what happened, what, what happened from her end of the story was that he said, I've got to go and, and hung up.
1: Um,
2: so that was his first encounter with aliens. And um and there were several others but getting to the the dead alien. Um, I have,
1: yeah, I have to ask. That's
2: Yeah. that doesn't so,
1: happen often in a sighting. You well,
2: not uh, <laughs> physical.
1: You know. Right.
2: Right. Well, there was so time passed he's you know he has this one encounter that these these creatures are in his office which nice. was locked and he's thinking how the heck did they get in the building was locked you know when he when he checked later everything was locked all the locks were were, were sound and so the the main thing there was that he's seeing these creatures who could invade his life and he had apparently yeah. no control over it so that's nice. unsettling to begin with For sure. And then um, there was some time passed. He had seen some ships. He had seen some things landing outside. And I'll tell you about that later. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he saw a, a gray in the hangar. And at this point, he's carrying guns with him everywhere. He's got a sidearm. He's got a gun on his workbench. He's you know he's armed.
1: Well, he's feeling because threatened. he doesn't know,
2: right? Exactly. Yeah. And he, and yeah. and part of him's feeling threatened, but part of him was fascinated by this. I mean, I I, I imagine it's the way I would feel. You know, I'm right. fascinated if, if there's something really unusual. I'm going to want to know more about it. By the same token, I might wet my pants. <laughs> you know,
0: right. it's pretty
2: scary. Right. So. Um, and I don't know what they're gonna do to me. So um he said one night he was in the hangar, and this little gray alien, and I think they were about four feet tall, but he said it had a breastplate on it. And there was and it shot this beam out of this breastplate that was about four four inches wide. Uh, or in diameter, like a that's laser beam or an energy beam. Yeah. yeah, and he said yeah. that it cut through everything in its path. It cut through, if there was a plane in the hangar, it cut through it. If there was a scaffolding, it cut through that. And then it cut through, cut a hole through outside wall, corrugated steel outside wall. And oh, so now he intense. knows, yeah, so now he knows these things can be dangerous. Uh was this thing trying to kill him? I mean, you would think if it was trying to kill him, it had the power to do that. Why did it just shoot a hole through other things? I don't, I, you know, I'm not sure what Agreed. the circumstances were. Agreed. Um, but so now this ramps up the fear. So finally when another one shows up, he's quick draw McGraw. I mean, he's got the gun, he's shooting and he kills the thing. And he, interesting. he, he didn't know what to do with it. And he said to me, if you had told me, you know, three years ago or five years ago that I'd have an alien body and I wouldn't stick it on the back of my truck and be driving it all over the country and putting it on cnn and the oprah show and you know whatever else he said i'd I'd have said you were crazy but he said when it happened i didn't feel that way he said i i felt bad because i wanted to know these creatures and you know i didn't know if they could hurt me or not but um, I wanted to know more. I wanted to him. know what they knew. Yeah. yeah, it was, and and it w- it was knee jerk at the time. It like was just or flight. so scared. Yeah, right. it's a fight right. or
1: flight thing, you know. Um, but it's interesting to me that you say that he he had like he was able to pick it up and 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 take it and bury it because I remember I think it was the Stardust Ranch when the owner was like like taking a sword and he and he killed one. They came and got their own other well, aliens came and grabbed it and took him away.
2: Well, okay, so let's back up a little bit. Okay. okay. There was another alien, a little little gray okay. in the hangar that he shot and some of his guys were with him that day. Okay.
1: Right. And
2: so the thing falls and it started they he said it started to bleed and and it, it seemed like it was outgassing something. Like the I guess they were choking or coughing or whatever. So the guys all left, uh, and left this body. And then they waited a while until they came, Until they thought, you know, maybe the, whatever, the whatever it was out in the earth. You're cutting out, you know, You're cutting out completely think he he really want you to shoot it. hope like uh the alien paramedics came and got it and we're gonna fix right. it up and everything was gonna be fine uh, you know right
1: so they did so, come and take him so yeah right. so that
2: fits with the story it, yes. it, it appears that that's what happened with that that one before the one that that he shot and literally killed right so right if they could take the other one why didn't they take this one you know, is, was it that maybe it wasn't, maybe it was just hurt. The first one was just hurt and they could Mm -hmm. home in on its frequency or something. And the one that was dead, it it wasn't sending out any signals. I, you know, I, I, I can only guess.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So he takes this thing, he buries it.
2: Well, it's, it, it, it's somewhere there, out there. And, and there and there's there's a piece in between. <laughs> okay. I, you go I have first. to tell you I have to okay. tell you, there's and and I think this is probably the first interview where I've made the point that there's some funny stuff in, right. in the story because right. um, you know otherwise it sounds like this really scary, unrelenting terror story right right there's really some funny stuff it's pretty out there you know well yeah Yeah. (laughs) right and so so he he's seeing this alien and he said he's thinking i need time to figure out what i'm going to do with it because like he said you know normally he would have just bragged to everybody that he had this thing this would be the greatest thing since you know ever to humanity And, and um but he he didn't he didn't he didn't know what to do he knew he just knew he needed more time to think, so he backs the thing up in heavy plastic, <laughs> puts it in a box, and he takes it to his cousin's restaurant where they have a walk-in freezer. Oh God! Oh, God. And- <laughs> yeah, wow! <laughs> <laughs> and he tells his beautiful. yeah 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 and he tells his cousin he's got he shot and killed this pig we've got wild pigs in texas and they're real they're they are real pests trust me and um so this is this is a completely believable story you shot a pig um uh, some people uh come up and eat them right and so he he has this one (laughs) (laughs) well and and the funny thing was i think he it dawned on him after a while that he, you know, Oh my God, I should have labeled it or something like, you know, so that somebody <laughs> who works at the restaurant doesn't just start digging in there and looking for it. Well, yeah. he, he finally, after, after a while, after a few weeks or a couple of months, you know, he, he's talking to his cousin and his cousins like, you, you know, I, I could, uh, I, I I've got a guy who can, who can, process the meat if you want and you know clay's like yikes <laughs> and so he had he, he made up a story that uh well no i've got a family here who who said they want it and i promised it to him so i'm just going to come get it and so that's right. when he, he brought it back he vacuum sealed it and then he buried it <laughs> so that's okay. that's the the, okay. the, the okay. side okay. the side story
1: So he did time in the restaurant freezer first. (laughs) I
2: I have, I have to ask what, what color did it bleed? Well, the, that was, that wasn't the second one. It was the the first one that disappeared. He said it bled. He said it bled blue and he said that it etched the concrete. Uh, Now, Okay. It, in one one version of his story, he said it etched the tile. Now the tile was in his apartment, not in the hangar. Right. So this is where I got into uh, the problem of dealing with somebody who was getting sicker and sicker and sicker throughout the time period of right. these events happening, and then and he also had some traumatic things happen to him, and that had to do with his wife going off the deep end. Uh, and so he admitted that he had been on drugs for, you know, he had broken bones. He had, uh, a clot in his heart, in his lung. He had, uh, complete kidney failure, uh, on one occasion and, and had to go on dialysis for a while. They don't know why. A- and it went away. He was, he was fine after that. Um, they're shooting aliens (laughs) they fight back (laughs) yeah so uh so you know i have i still to this day have the challenge of um dealing with an unreliable uh witness source right yeah yeah, an unreliable witness who admits that he was that his brain was Swiss cheese he's remembering bits and pieces maybe he's remembering maybe he's cross-wiring things right uh so um you know I'm trying to I I had to give him the benefit of the doubt uh knowing that he was doing his best to remember things Mm -hmm. but there were holes in his memory and so
1: you know did he say where um I look at that dolly get out of my head <laughs> say where the grave is. <laughs> so where's the grave? Uh I guess is what she's asking, which is and more I, I was gonna in a more eloquent way say <laughs> did he happen to tell you or anybody where the grave was? Yes. Is?
2: And it's yes. still currently yes, he, he, he told yes, he told me where it where it is. Okay. And so, you know, I have a team right now that um we're planning on getting out there to, like I said, it, uh, it might be booby trapped. So if, if he's got explosives in there, we a don't want to blow ourselves up and B don't want to blow up the evidence. And then the reason to Dolly's point, (laughs) why we're not telling people where it is right now is that we don't want people going anywhere out there and just randomly digging holes um, well, I, I think it's you have to
1: look at it this way. First off, you you could, like you say, there could be potential danger with explosive, but it also has to be treated from a scientific or archaeological standpoint. There's a right way and the wrong way to do things. You want this evidence? It's not it's not a free for all for people to just exactly. hone in, and that includes outside. You know, yes. I'm start without getting getting me me tagged. Uh, people who would be <laughs> quite interested.
2: Yes, right? exactly, and um, that's a challenge we, my team, has to deal with right now yes. because the possibility is that we could go out there with all our technology, scan, find a location, and boom, somebody comes in and says, "You're out. We're in." Oh. You know, and nothing. You don't want
1: to relinquish the control. You've right. pretty much gone this far, and you're you're in the middle of an investigation. So, right. so from what I understand, um, you guys attempted to do this. Or you were going to do no, this. No, not or, yet. We're, you know, we're, Jim was we're,
2: going to do this. Jim was actually going to do this, and yeah. so right before he was to come to Texas, I got a call in the middle of the night from my niece, and she said Jim's dead. Oh.
1: I'm so sorry to hear that.
2: He had a heart attack in his sleep and I'm, you know, just even saying it now I can feel that gut punch. I, I adored my brother. We laughed a lot and we, we had just a great relationship. And um, so when this happened, I, I of course told Clay because he and Jim had become very close um, communicating on the on the phone, on Skype, and, and that sort of thing. And Clay felt like Jim was the only one who really got him, who really right. understood what what he was experiencing, and who um, respected that. Who gave him uh, the credibility right. for for what he said he experienced, whether it was it's a big real deal. Yeah. It's a big
1: deal when somebody comes forward with a crazy experience, or story like that, just to be believed. Right. I mean, it means everything,
2: right? Exactly. And that's what Jim was trying to do with his experiencers TV show. Uh, he wanted to tell the stories of the experiencers because it mattered to them, no matter what. Right. What objective reality was right. involved? It affected their lives. It affected their relationships. They, you know, the the, closest, the people closest to them may have thought they were crazy. They, that's right. Marriages could have been ruined or family relationships right. uh, broken because of these kinds of things. So uh, the fact that Jim acknowledged the experiences that Clay was having you know, that gave them this really great bond. And so when Jim died and I told, I told Clay and he says, my God, I just talked to him yesterday. How yeah. can this, how can this be? Right. And um, so that was, that was really kind of, that, that sent us both into a tailspin, of uh, course. Clay and me. Of um, course, And so, I couldn't do I couldn't do what Jim was doing. I have, I don't. I am totally not qualified to step into his shoes as a TV producer or, or even mm-hmm. an investigator of experiencer reports. I mean, I could I could do that uh, investigation, and mm-hmm. I have talked to many experiencers since then. Um, but mm-hmm. like I said, I'm 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 the skeptic part of the team that Jim and I were. And so I'm a, I'm a, I'm the good kind of skeptic. I Mm -hmm. am open to, you know, show me evidence. I'm not a pushover. I'm not going to believe just anything, but I'm open. And um, so I, you know, I could interview and empathize with the experiencers, but I, I'm not an experiencer. So there's that dimension that I could not to that Mm -hmm. that it right you know that kind of thing and so having uh, the
1: understanding
2: yeah right
1: it's a different world
2: yeah
1: you know it's easier uh, from the outside looking in as a researcher
2: yeah yeah and you know really the book the book the first two thirds of it are Clay's story and I told it as faithfully as I could to what he told me as if every word was true. Mm -hmm. um, And I just, you know, this is what he said happened here. Here it is. And then the last third is my and Jim's story um, where Jim brings me in on it. And then, you know, Jim and I are talking about, uh, you know, who this clay guy is and what we're going to do and, and the, the difficulties Jim was having with um, all the drama in Hollywood and in the film Mm -hmm. and and TV industry and uh, the game playing and all these things that would drive me absolutely nuts. And, and actually it was driving Jim nuts too, but you know, uh, waiting for uh, a team that was uh, supposed to fund the production or whatever and having to, play those games and so on and so forth. So I knew I couldn't do that. And so, you know, for a long time I was just continuing to correspond with clay and, um, but mm-hmm. previous to that my husband and I had been out to the airport several times. Right. And like I said, we spent the night out there uh, on the, you know, in a lawn chair on the, on the taxiway, looking up at the sky saying, okay I'm guys, in- we're,
1: I'm gonna show a picture of your team. Is that okay? You, uh, that, okay, is that? this
2: is this was Jim's team.
1: Oh Jim's team. Can I show it?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay, here we go. Yeah, this Just, was his original team.
1: Okay. Okay. Now, so
2: that's Jim on the left.
1: Right. Looks very serious. <laughs> <This is laughs> like you don't know the things he, I've he, seen. He, <laughs> so
2: yeah, he, he could be serious, but like I said, we laughed so much. Right, when we right. when we talked it was just uh, so nice.
1: So I, so, I have
2: uh, to assume that Clay
1: contacted um, Jim then to tell him what was going on or somehow Jim just caught wind of this whole story.
2: Yeah, actually, uh, Clay uh, had contacted somebody else and that person uh, knew it. Jim and he right. he got Jim involved so that's how that happened and actually the first person that jimmy talked to was clay's mom uh when he called the phone number and uh and when he got his mom she's like oh my god he didn't tell you that story about the aliens or the ufos (laughs) did did
1: and so
2: uh, mothers (laughs) yeah so so yeah So you can see (laughs) the role that she's playing in all this. She's trying to protect him from his own experiences. And please don't tell anybody about that, you know, kind of thing. It's the family secret. But she became. Don't talk about it. (laughs) Yes. But then she became became a a player in all of this because when I talked to her, uh, and, and I think it was, it may have been after jim died um the first time i talked to her and she told me a story about when clay and his sister were little and he she the mom and dad and the two kids had gone on a trip to alaska in a travel trailer driving up to alaska and then back down and i think they were in like idaho and um The dad was getting tired and so they couldn't get to a regular campground. So they just pulled off to a wide spot on the road and decided, you know, we're going to sleep here for the night. And she said, in the middle of the night, she woke up and she heard this strange noise outside the travel trailer. And I said, what kind of noise was it? And she said, well, it was kind of a clicking sound. And (laughs) I know that. She said, but I knew it was, she said, I knew. Oh, okay. So you're gonna have to tell that story. So she said, "I knew it was aliens." And this is back in the '50s or '60s. Yeah, it was. It would have been in the '60s. Mm-hmm. So alien stories were not the biggest thing in the world in those days. I mean, there was well, Betty. But you sure did not want
1: to uh, looking but, like you're a Yahoo around the corner either. You don't talk about it,
2: right? <laughs> so. Right. So she she said, I don't know why I thought aliens. I just felt mm. like it was aliens and they, and it sounded like there was a conversation. So the click, 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 like it was talking, they were talking back and forth. And she said, I think that at least one of us, at least Clay, if not all of us, were abducted that, that night. Mm-hmm. Who thought? I mean, here's this woman who's, she's a straight ass arrow She's Christian woman. She wouldn't lie if her life depended on it. So mm-hmm. she's telling me this story and I've got to believe her. I just don't know what to do with it. And then the second time I talked to her and that was after, I think, yeah, it was definitely after Jim died. Um, I, I actually, she told, she told me the story again about the travel trailer trip. And I said, hold on a second. Let me play something for you, and I went onto my computer and I found uh, what's called a sizzle reel that my brother had made. It's uh, it's kind of like a little package, a video yeah. package that you'll do if you're promoting. You're trying, trying to get somebody, or a, show. A, a producer, a production. I've company. done media for twenty years. I've done right. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. so so your audience, your audience now knows that what a what a sizzle, a sizzle. reel is. Yeah, and yeah the sizzle reel that, that Jim had, they were, I think they were in Sedona, Arizona. Oh, and
1: that um, explains their it.
2: Their videographer was there. Well, exactly. I mean, everybody Sedona. on your show probably knows what <laughs> oh, know, yes. what Sedona is all about. Yeah. But, which was probably why the team was there in the first place. <laughs> yes. Um, and so they're, they're out there and they were fi- kind of filming each other and kind of doing... Just footage for this sizzle reel, right. and suddenly there was this interference on the audio of the video, and it was a it was a sound I've never heard before. I mean, I've heard a lot of interference. I've heard a lot of, uh, you know, when the, the the equipment's not working or whatever. This was something I had never heard before. So I played it, played that sequence for her, and she said, "Yeah, it sounded." that it sounded a lot like that. Not exactly, she said, but it sounded like that. So uh, apparently Clay had stuff in his history that I don't know if he knew about. I don't know if he remembered that. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I heard that story from his mom, I'm thinking, wow, that kind of changes the dynamics but but that makes sense again why did he not have any experiences that he knows of
1: i mean with contactees or experiencers abductees it goes on like through generations like i found out it happened to me as a child then my mother started telling me stories then my my, Uh, i got stories going back as far as my grandparents great-grandparents i'm like Come wow. on! Like, why do I feel like I'm the last? No, <laughs> but now you almost have to tell me because I'm remembering it. <laughs> See, so I'm wow. wondering. Yeah, had and, it happened to him as a child, well, even, and they just came back into his
2: life. Well, and that's what we don't know. And right. at one point, I asked him. I asked Clay, he would he be willing to um, to do a hypnotic regression? To yes. see if, cause he, he denied, he denied, denied, denied that he had been abducted, but he would yeah. wake up in strange places in strange <laughs> yeah, for clothes. Sure. For you sure know, that's, that's <laughs> <reduction>. Yeah. <laughs> hello, how, how does this happen? If you were, if you were sleepwalking, you wouldn't go next door, borrow somebody else's coveralls to, you know, Yeah. The, yeah. I can't, the, the skeptic in me can't explain that away. There were so many right. things throughout all of this that I I could almost explain it away. And then there was right. that, but there's this. You know? Right, right. So for me, it was
0: just,
2: which is fascinating to me. I mean, yeah, that's what, it is. to me, that's yeah. what it's all about, uh, for, for yes. the skeptic in me, the skeptic that is like Mulder in the X-Files, I want to believe. It, it's, right. uh, you know, convince me, sell me right. on this. I want to experience something. I honestly, I want to experience something that is just so awesome. I want to have that personal experience that I don't care what anybody else says. I know there was right. something extraordinary that I experienced.
1: Have and, you, you know, I'm kind of any, envious. You experienced anything here? Has, has this, this location, um, ante up for you? Like, did it, has no, it given you to Wow. Not Jeepers.
2: yet. I mean, we're, okay. we're still trying.
1: Right. Still trying. I mean,
2: I've, I've personally had a couple of unusual experiences, but not there.
1: Right. so, Okay, let, let's branch off then. And and it's very interesting to me when you have like the title Aliens, Demons, and Pure Evil. I've worked in the paranormal field for two decades and I have helped people from all over the world. And my area of work has always been alleged attachments, demonic experiences, other interdimensional beings, okay. things like that. And I can tell you half of those people who believe they had a demonic type of attachment or something malevolent in the house at least Mm -hmm. half of them have had extraterrestrial experiences and sightings
2: as well so they're they have the demonic possession type things as well Uh see i well okay so i had never heard of a case but but, you know i'm i'm i wasn't you know eyeball deep into it
1: (laughs) yeah you know people don't realize it yeah
2: yeah And so the fact that that he and he did have the what appeared to be demonic uh, influences. And that's kind of what was what seemed to be happening with his wife. As time went on, uh, she became darker and darker. And there was one uh, one day when uh, they were having an argument. They were at a restaurant and um, they had come in to Two vehicles, and they got ready. She got ready to leave, and she slammed his hand in in the door and dragged her for like a mile and a half from her truck, and then finally opened the door and let him fly off. Well, he ended up with broken ribs and a couple of broken arms and one broken leg and all skinned up and everything like that. So he was in the hospital for quite a while healing from that, and then um, another another time she woke up in the morning and her belly was swollen. Like she had been like, she was eight months pregnant and he's freaking out. I mean, there's something really wrong with you. I've got to take you to the doctor kind of thing. And she didn't want him to do that. He had caught her earlier that morning, uh, digging into there was a package of ground meat for dinner in the fridge and she was digging into that and eating raw meat
0: mm. and
2: you know that was kind of kind of strange plus the belly and he's trying to take he wanted to take her to the doctor and she ultimately kicked him in the head and knocked him out his you know fell on the the tile floor and when he came to, she was gone and she was gone for several hours and he couldn't figure out where she went, called everybody he knew, everybody she knew. And then she comes waltzing in several hours later and her Mm -hmm. belly is flat. It's gone. So we don't know what that was. And then, (laughs) then (coughs) and I don't, I've never, Maybe you've heard of cases like this. I have not. I've never I've heard, heard of anything. I have. I have
1: I've never. Oh man, I have done. I have worked cases that have been mind blowing. But I have to say, this is a <laughs> first. But you know what? I did see this. I just saw this on a film, uh, on on Amazon and Netflix in the last five months. That exact thing happened. Large stomach like pregnant oh do you remember almost what it was got, almost got pregnant almost like within days she got really big and kept eating raw meat and when you said them going i think i just saw this <laughs> like on television so i don't know i've never i've never yeah that's that.
2: interesting
1: well yeah. yeah because this woman never gave i had never heard of that but, either. but where does it come from like that's that's interesting to me Super interesting to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, what can cause that? What can cause what? I mean, and of course, he was rightfully scared, thinking, you know, there's <laughs> there, yeah. there's an alien or belly. I don't know, uh, you know, and and like the spaghetti alien, I call the. <laughs> Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Anyway, uh,
1: <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, yeah. That that's 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 yeah. crazy. So she wants so, back in with a flat stomach. So she dropped something somewhere. It's a desert. Could be anything, <laughs> anywhere. Right. So or
2: or, or it absorbed into her body, or maybe it was just yes. air. I, you know, I can't explain this.
1: Well, Dolly's. I, in I have no
2: way to explain. I mean.
1: Right, Dolly's a nurse. She okay, Dolly, do belly. you have uh, have you ever? It's, seen... a condition. it's a condition. Yeah, and the belly okay. is a condition. can it go? Do or... you eat raw meat with that condition? Because that's crazy. Can it? It could be reversed. That's right. By and can it go away
2: in a few hours?
1: Only by tapping okay. and draining
2: it. Now, say. Okay. So it wouldn't just go away by itself, and that's what it appeared
1: to do. Ghost Wars. That was an ghost
2: wars.
1: <laughs> Okay. That was crazy. Just saying. Uh, okay. So, Good to know. I mean, I'm write that down. Yeah, ghost yeah. ghost wars. If you forget, I'll I'll remind you. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's it was yeah. in there and it was so, probably halfway uh, into the yes, yeah, crazy. So she goes, No, you have to have help, she says. You can get rid of it in minutes, but she would have had to have had help
2: uh-huh. to do it. Well yeah, and so I mean I could understand that that if if you mm-hmm. you know you lanced it or whatever, you know you put a right. drain in it. Yes, I could see how but you But then could there must be some that. there would have to be evidence
1: uh, of that, I would think. Right? She would have would to think. have some kind of evidence, but,
2: yeah. But I mean as far as I know, she just went out with it and came back without it. So, you know, maybe maybe she had it drained. Yes. Yeah, but we don't know. That's and she she seemed to be more worried about how it was going to affect her her looks. You know, it's like, oh, I think I'd be more worried about you know, is there something all that wrong? wrong It's
1: not going to help your looks either.
2: Yeah, (laughs) well, and and that's that's the other thing that was more more along the lines, more along the lines of something demonic. You know, was right. Well, behaviors so, and you're you know more about that than I do yeah um yeah but that's that's where I mean the the belly w- could be explained physiologically but unless right. there's some kind of condition that, that made her crave raw meat or maybe well, she I mean, craved I, the iron from I, I the that- you know from the red meat. <laughs> I think when you're
1: looking at the whole gambit is what you have to—not just this one incident. I mean, the behavior changes, the aggression. Right. I mean, poor Clay, right. that guy. I—I I mean, I feel so bad for this guy. He gets dragged along. He's got a psychotic, possessed wife. He's seeing aliens that are just dropping in, throwing, shooting lasers through the, through his room. You know, the room he's sitting in, with laser beam four inches around. Shoots it, runs it out, throws it in a freezer, runs it out. It's I, I have to see this <laughs> on film because
2: it's phenomenal. It really is. Yeah, I it's know. a woo, right It's 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 a wow. It's a wild ride for sure. It's a so, wild ride, yeah. So as her behavior gets worse and worse, yeah. Um, one day he and his crew are working in the in the hangar, and his wife comes in and unloads a 38. She, she's shooting up the place. Fortunately, she didn't hit anybody. Um, But, you know, this was it. This was, you know, he kept, and I've talked to one of his friends. He said, you know, Clay knew she was doing bad things to him, that she was not good for him and he could not let go of her. He could not, admit that he had to he had to do something but it was after she shot up the the crew and the hangar that he had to divorce her so at that point now he's living at the airport there by himself
1: wow so now is he still experiencing other types of paranormal phenomena you make mention of poltergeists and portals, and what were his experiences?
2: Well, um, one of the first poltergeist experiences that he told me about was um, when she was, when his wife was um, unpacking some things, she was trying to get them moved into the apartment uh, at the airport. And she was there unpacking things and he couldn't find his keys. He's looking everywhere for his keys. And he said, I always kept them either in my pocket or in the top drawer of my desk. And he said it had his key ring had this long red uh, flag on it uh, that said remove before flight. It's the kind of tag that they would put on parts, the airplane parts after they repaired right. them. And so, so right. you would remove that tag before flight so that you knew that had been repaired, blah, blah, blah. So, and uh, you're not missing those keys, keys this, or something like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he couldn't find them anywhere. And he asked his wife, have you seen them? And she said, well, you know, are they in your drawer? And no, they're not. I've looked everywhere. So he looks, he looks everywhere. He looks, he had a uh, shipping container outside that he kept excess machinery and, mm-hmm. and things out there locked up uh and uh so he went out there to see if maybe he had left them in there he he didn't think he would have but they weren't there so he's like "I i don't know where to i don't know where to look so he's standing in the hangar and it apparently was cold out and the heat kicked on in the in the rafters of the hangar so now this is way this is like 30 feet up and he started hearing this little flicking noise and he looks up and in the rafters of the hangar mm-hmm. he sees that red flag that removed before flight tag.
0: Right.
2: And how in the world did his keys get way the heck up there? And <laughs> so that was I he couldn't explain it. I mean there was, was just the no noise. way
1: was it the tag? It was the just... flag.
2: It was the tag. Oh, okay. It was okay. the tag moving, moving in the in the air that was being blown by the heat. Yes, because you know the, the whole
1: alien thing. They click and clack, and I'm wondering if they were just
2: dangling in those keys. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, and, and and as you say, you know, you said a lot of these experiences kind of blend the demonic with the alien, and so is the poltergeist, some part of this whole continuum that, uh, you know, once you open up the portal or the energy field or whatever it is, mm-hmm. can anything come through? I mean, it's like, you know, I've, I've known people who did uh, uh, a boards and I'm like, Oh no, I'm not, uh, no way. I don't know what you're <laughs> going to bring through. I don't want to open that door. You know? yeah but so- you could
1: do that with voice recorders and and uh, cameras mm. and phone apps and it's it's an invitation to communicate it doesn't matter how you do it but when you're talking about poltergeist activity that's a that's a projection of energy and mm. like like psychokinesis right so right i could see um clay's wife if she was apparently menopausal women and and young people going through puberty are notorious for being able to create poltergeist activity. If she was under the influence of something right. as well, she could have easily been projecting without realizing. But with that being said, well, and that others makes to do that too. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what to do with this. It's just another thing yeah. I can't explain. Blaine and yeah. um, I, and I agree with you. I mean, it could have been any number of things. Uh, probably the the thing that makes the most sense is that his, the wife was so affected by the energy, whatever mm-hmm. the energy was,
0: mm-hmm. that
2: um, maybe, like you say, it was it was um, messing with her, and then her yeah. and her her energy was coming out, and it was manifesting in ways that could I'm, move I'm, objects. I'm,
1: I'm just giving you. Sorry, we have a delay. That's why, like, we're kind of overlapping a bit. Um, I'm just giving you the logical side of it, but there are many like supernatural aspects to that too. So I'm just playing like devil's advocate, pardon the pun, on like on both both <laughs> levels, you know. So, but yes, I mean there right. are a lot of things yeah. like that. People experience sleep paralysis, think it's always paranormal. I mean, it it has a scientific point of view, but it has its extraterrestrial ones, too. Like there's so much like the title of your book is perfect. With when you're saying bleed through because they crisscross and bleed into one another so easily on so many
2: different levels. Yeah, well, and one night he saw what he called a portal. And the picture I have of it, and you may have seen it on on, his, on the website, mm-hmm. uh, but it's like there's this bright light. Um, I, I don't I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like a slice yeah. of light, and then there's a jagged edge, like it's being pulled open, like this doorway is being pulled open. And he said that once this thing came open ships were coming out of it this he called it a man walking wolf so it was a wolf on walking on its hind legs like a man um ah. there were creatures coming out it was like you know it was like the the thanksgiving day parade kind of thing coming out of this portal um but he said it was only open for about an hour and then he said oh gosh i wish i had kept track of what came out to make sure it all went in or are they still here? No, no, Clay,
1: you're by yourself there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. You want to keep track of what comes out. So you wake up in the morning. (laughs) I think I really would have liked Clay.
2: (laughs) In fact, I'm not sure of it. He was was a really interesting guy. He was very, very uh, creative. Um, He... He was an inventor. Um, he told right. me uh, that he had invented some things, had patented them, and he was looking at licensing them for manufacture and things like that. Right. But um, what happened ultimately was that um, in um, it was in November of uh, 20, 2015, uh, no, no, it was 2019 um, that I. Oh, wait a minute, my brother died in 2015, so it had to be the next year. It was probably the next year, uh, and I, I, I wanted to. My 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 brother's family was still stunned from the shock of this, and I felt like I I needed to do something for in Jim's memory. So I put together a memorial video and it's, it's on the main page of the website. Uh, It's not the greatest thing in the world, but it's, you know, it's yours. Got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of heart. And um, so I, I did this and then I sent the link out to people on Facebook that Jim had contacted. Jim had contacted people all over the world, experiencers and, um, wanted to tell their stories on the TV show. And even if they didn't want to be on the show, a lot of them didn't, uh, he still wanted to hear their stories. He still wanted to acknowledge th- their experience and help them feel validated and help them um, vent, you know, let them mm. vent and, and express the, the difficulties they've had with mm. um, being that person in a world that doesn't believe that is real. And uh, so I'd made this video and got it out to everybody. And of course I sent it to, you know, sent to a bunch of people on email, including Clay. And knowing how close close Clay and Jim had become, um, I'm sure that, you know, I expected Clay to send me an email or call me and say something about the video. And I didn't hear from him and I didn't hear from him and then time too much time had passed and i was getting worried about clay because like i said he was he he was a character and so you know no telling what what kind of stuff he might be getting into so i was i started to worry about him so i contacted his sister and i said you know is he is he okay and she said no He's in the hospital. He has uh, multiple organ failure, Ooh. and um, and flesh-eating bacteria. And if he survives, they're going to have to remove large patches of his skin. Oh, And my so, uh, the next day, she emailed me and said he had died. So here I am with all this. Information from Jim and now from Clay. Mm -hmm. And what do I, what do I do? And so I I actually sat on it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I sat on it for several years because like I said, I couldn't step into Jimmy's shoes. He, Mm. I just was completely unqualified to do what he had been doing. Mm -hmm. And, but I had, his story and i had clay's story and i had so much material and i thought well i'm a writer i can at least write a book right so that's what i did but the problem was toward the end i had been you know i i was kind of thinking that's where i was going to end up with a book and, and clay was fine with that and I was starting to ask him questions about what was your normal life like that, you know, what, what did your normal day look like that was interrupted Mm -hmm. by the craziness, you know? So how, how was your normal world, what was going along and then suddenly this crazy stuff happened. And so I was trying to get that kind of background so that I could tell his story in kind of real time, or at least some of the, some of the stories in mm-hmm. real time, where you know, I'm just going about my business, I'm doing my work, I'm with my wife, I'm with my friends, and then boom, this thing happens. Well, I never got that mm-hmm. from him. I got a few interesting stories, there's some charming stories. Uh, one uh, from when he was a child that was really interesting, uh, that just showed the kind of person he was, and actually the kind of person his mom was too. So I I did have a little bit, but for the most part, I had to imagine what that day-to-day world looked like. So that's why I ended up up creating fictional uh, characters, fictional uh, employees. I -hmm. fictionalized interactions with his wife, those kinds of things. Um, But, you know, some, some some of the crazy things, I mean, there's I, I sent you a, a little meme with a two-person cow I'm, suit. I'm going
1: to get it. If you want to yes. show that. I do. I'm going to bring <laughs> it up right now. I look at that one, hmm, <laughs> what are we going to do with this now? So, okay, I'm going to grab it right now. One second. Yeah. Okay. Bam, bam, and bam. Go for it. Let me just take the banner off so we can see it. Okay, perfect. There we go. What does a two man c- cow So, what is a two two man suit have to do with UFOs, aliens and the paranormal? Okay?
2: Which you have to you have to read the book to find out. But <laughs> this I did not make oh. this I did not make up. So, I, I need everybody to know that some of the craziest stuff that's right. in the book I did right. not make up. I make I made up the boring stuff, right? <laughs> so, you know right. What, what it was like having dinner Clay in a know, suit, together with his wife. <laughs> right. that, that's Clay and one of his buddies in a suit. But uh, how how does that? And that's really one of the most charming uh, scenes in the book, where he and his buddy are out there, uh, just. <laughs> You know, you, you have to read it to find out, but. um and,
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to so give there, it away.
2: But the, there, there really is some light stuff in there. So it's not this just unrelenting fear and darkness. And, and really a lot of the experiences, is like when a ship landed out there or, or hovered over the runway that was, First of all, he had been out there playing laser tag with this light in the sky. Mm-hmm. And the the light would jump out of the way like it sometimes did. And mm-hmm. he thought he was done. And so he was getting ready to go in. And then this big ship comes in and it lands over the over the runway. And he's he was scared to death. Right. But there was also that part of him that was just. So fascinated right. by what this thing is. And he, he said that, you know, he had his backpack with him and he's reaching it. He didn't want to look away from the ship, but he's mm-hmm. reaching into the backpack and wondering do I grab my gun or do I grab the camera? <laughs> And he grabs the camera. Uh, Well, and it turned out that it was just so dark. All he got was dark on dark. Um, And this was part of the frustration that he couldn't get decent images of these things. But, um,
1: you know. He did okay. With the photos you have on the website, he did okay.
2: So, and he, you know, there was one night um, that he said, so first, the first thing that happened was his secretary was complaining that, their electric bill, he paid the electric bill for the, for the runway, for the airport. I mean, it's teeny tiny airport. So he's paying Mm -hmm. for the runway lights and the security Mm -hmm. lights and the beacon and all that kind of thing. And his secretary said, you know, the electric bill is a thousand dollars higher than usual. And Mm -hmm. are you guys, are you guys doing anything here with the equipment using something different? Why are you draining more energy? And, He said, no, we're not doing anything unusual. So then a few few days later, he looks out uh, the window of his apartment uh, or uh, I'm not sure. Some of this, I'm not sure. He might've looked out the window or he was looking through the security camera uh, Mm -hmm. monitor and he saw these ships that were hovering over some of the runways. And he said they were fairly small, not like the big one that had come down previously. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: But these were fairly small, like the size of a Volkswagen or something. Um, And But kind of discs, but he said there was like a bite out of the back of them. So that kind of reminded me of what Kenneth Arnold described, the, the man who first reported seeing what ended up being called flying saucers but he didn't call them saucers he said he, right. they moved like saucers skipping right. off the water right. um but this was over the cascades
0: mm-hmm. and
2: and but but the it was like they were a part part disc but then there was the back side of it wasn't normal so clay was saying there was kind of like this bite out at the back the hmm. the key was that these ships were hovering over the runway lights and he said there were Creatures, <clears throat> I don't, he didn't really characterize them uh, specifically, like were they like the greys or, or something else, uh, but he said there were these creatures and he he said they were like, they were behaving like the old time uh service station attendants. You know, they'd pump your gas and then they'd wash your windshield. They'd check, oh, crazy. Your, check your oil. He said they were out there. It was like they were servicing these ships. And he and he realized that, oh my God, they're refueling off of my runway lights. And so then he got mad. And so he, but I I, I don't think he saw this in real time. I think he saw this on the, on the uh, security camera.
1: Right.
2: Um, It may have been in real time, but he wasn't right there when that happened. But he said there was this other creature who was like the supervisor. And he said the thing had, he called it the Oreo cookie man. The head was like a giant Oreo cookie. So it was round, but it was flat. And this thing was 15 feet tall. He said, Ah. I mean, I asked him how tall it was. I don't think he had, measured it at the time. But he said, well, you know, if the runway lights are three feet off the ground, this thing had to have been, you know, 15 feet tall. Mm -hmm. So giant Oreo cookie head. And he said, I I couldn't figure out how this thing was not falling over because it seemed to be coming over and bending over to look at the work, inspect the work that these uh, attendants were doing. Going right. to the ships, and he said, uh, "With with this j- big head, it should have fallen over. It, uh, you know, the center of gravity just didn't make any sense." But um, yeah, so now he got mad because he's th- thinking that's why this is. the You know, these these creatures are what, what's costing me an extra thousand dollars a month in electric bills so right. tries to shoot them but then he they're gone
1: so yeah. wow he, was that uh, this, he tries to shoot everything that's interesting to me <laughs> it's just like okay well after space. a while after a while but this is did. Texas. i mean yeah yeah
2: right well yeah, and I, that's you know sometimes i make that point on these things because people have to understand it's Texas. Everybody it's has I've guns. I've got friends who live you know, in Texas. Everybody's I, packed. I get it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, little little old ladies carry guns. I mean, you know, it's just you, you, Yeah. You just don't understand Texas.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. I love it. I love it. So um I'll I'll ask this, this yeah. question and you may or may not have the answer. When Clay, you know, divorced his his wife. Um, Did you know she continued to have experiences or did things, you know, even out after she left the area?
2: I don't know when uh, the last time I talked to him about her, he said that he had heard that she had had a a stroke and it was a pretty bad one. And, and he didn't, and she was, I think he said she was living in a pop-up tent in somebody's backyard. So things did not go well for her and when when she was um, when she was arrested for shooting at everybody at the hangar right. Um, right I think he got the charges dropped he got everybody to drop the charges but at the time they found drugs on her now she was a pharmacy tech or a, a, she was a nurse who handled pharmacy stuff uh, right. at the hospital and she had a stash of other people's drugs. And then his mom, Clay's mom, went and looked in her clothes in the closet and found in the pockets of her scrubs uh, um, crack, I guess. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, or, or meth or some, one of those things that, you know, and a little pipe, the little glass pipe.
0: Yes. And yeah. so
2: um, so she uh, she lost her job, but the hospital didn't press charges because if they had made a big deal about this, then Mm -hmm. it's possible that people, patients who had been in the hospital that didn't get their medications, you know, there could have been ramifications that they weren't getting their medications. So I think they just kind of swept that under the rug and um, let let her go go on that but i'm pretty sure she lost her nursing license after right.
1: that right so uh, it seems like as far as
2: of... you know did the did the demonic stuff continue
1: uh, possibly yeah i, mean, I don't know on making people's lives miserable and feeding off of all of that you know um yeah it's hard it, it looks like an incredible experience i mean let's face it Pretty incredible, everything that you you describe. Yeah. I mean, Clay would have been, you know, the, the type of person you would just want to sit there and listen to. Like I could sit there by a fire and just keep listening to him. And right. be Just like, you know, the <laughs> portal and right. wolf wolf people are coming out of there. Or, you know, like wolves that stand upright, werewolves, and you know, all kinds of yeah. entities. And I'd be just like, okay, <laughs> I, I okay, more. <laughs> more you know but this incredible experience ruined his life essentially
2: yes well and you know it's funny at the end um uh, or the the last interview i did with him i i asked him so would you say overall this was a negative experience or a positive experience and he said Mm -hmm. oh it was it was a negative experience so he says that but Mm -hmm. as soon as it's out of his mouth He his eyes light up. He kind of looks up at the sky, and he gets his whole demeanor changes. And he says, "But you know, it was was fascinating to to be out here sitting, looking up at the sky, being out here on the runway." He said it was like living in the Sci Fi Channel every night. So he really had very mixed feelings about about this. I mean on the practical side, it ruined his life. I mean, he ended up having to, I mean, it ruined his business and he had to leave the airport. He moved in with his mom. And um, so, you know, he lost his marriage, he lost his, his health and, uh, and ultimately lost his life.
1: Right. Well, that's what, what Dolly, I mean, Dolly says she, who, who isn't her, she goes to stress at the very least brought his health down. I mean, stress, stress kills right. as we do know. Sure. Um, but I, I completely understand. I mean, people pay big money to go out and try to have a C5 and try to have this phenomenal experience. And Clay essentially had ringside seats. <laughs>
2: right. Right. And any anytime time. he wanted it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Any- I tend and to he- wonder if it all had to do with Clay
2: i don't know my question that keeps coming around is why did it start in 2010 he was there for years right why did it stop when he moved away if they were if it was clay why didn't the experiences continue when he moved in with his mom
1: i well let's face it i mean if you're living depending where you're living it's kind of hard if you're living city life for example or in a survey you can't just necessarily have a ship drop down in front of your place, or or an extraterrestrial walking through the front door of an apartment building, for example. But you are right. out in the middle of nowhere, and you know you can. They could come and go as they please. I've, I've my gosh, I've heard this type of story so many times with respects to sightings. You know, um, but maybe he's had experiences his whole life, and just they just never let him remember. Maybe they felt now. That- he was ready to remember
2: that's possible that's possible and um i'll never know we'll, we'll never know um but to your to your point about potentially being in the city his mom lives in the country so that, they have okay. so quite so a bit of land yeah, so that's then Right. Yeah. So my, my question there is still, and there's a whole chapter at the end of the book where I go through all of this the What ifs being or a why. skeptic. Right. Yeah. Um, so maybe he, what was he lying? Maybe, but why did he stop lying when he moved out to his mom's house? Mm-hmm. Uh, was he mistaking conventional things for unconventional things? Well, then why did he stop doing that when he moved out to his mom's, you know, were they really visiting him? Why did they stop when he moved out right. to his mom's
0: house? Right.
2: So I, I had all these questions, and it's like I told you at the beginning, I I can debunk to a certain point, but every time mm-hmm. there was but this, you right. know, I can explain it away, but there's this. Right. And that's the part that I find so fascinating about this story that I uh, the The skeptic in me can't completely write off any of these things.
1: It's human nature, but a good skeptic will also keep researching. Right. You know, and I mean, and how many years later? Because if, if Jim died in 2015, Clay died, what, a year later? Yeah. 2016. Yeah. So, um, God, with that being said, you've been still researching on this for a lot of years, just keeping... The story alive, and the fact that you're all out there still continuing yeah. on, you have to find the alien. Oh, uh, I know. Nice. That, yeah, that's, I mean, that's going to be, <laughs> that's you the, know, yeah. that's the
2: brass ring for sure. Yeah, I mean,
1: exactly. But I mean, when you look at Skinwalker it, Ranch, like Dolly said, it's a, a government ops place. So your location is completely, to your knowledge, untouched.
2: As far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll find what we find. We have a, 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 bi- a biophysicist on the team who is our exobiologist. Beautiful. Uh, I have a couple of um, alien implants that are not connected to Clay's story, but mm. one of them is from my brother. Um, okay. And then another one is from an experiencer he interviewed who dug the thing out of her own arm. Uh, so, uh, we're going to get this guy to, uh, analyze them. And his plan is to analyze these two implants, whatever they are, samples of some kind of tissue.
1: I know somebody Uh, out your way who could help you with that.
2: Well, we've, yeah, we've got this guy. I've actually spoken to another fellow who, who, um, who does that. Um, but this, this fellow, um, he he wants to analyze them from a structural standpoint, from a chemical biochemical standpoint, but he wants to do it in a way that preserves any function that it might have. So if if it's a transmitter, if it's a marker is if, you know, if it's, if it has some uh, active function, he wants to maintain that and see if he can figure out what that is. Now being a biophysicist, he may not be able to do that you know we might might need to get somebody who's an expert in you know radio transmissions or microwaves or yes. you know yeah some other yes. kind of technology
1: but i like that you're but, taking you are know, i, have, I have step. yeah i like yeah. that you're taking a step it's just it's going to just add validity to everything that you're doing and because let's face it something like this People want to see it backed up with the science, so to speak, because right. that's what's just going to put the nail right in the coffin. The alien. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, there was yeah. there was a beat there. <laughs> I know the alien. The alien, <laughs> you know, I think in it'll the be, coffin. Yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 fascinating. It absolutely is, and I commend you for continuing you know, your your brother's, uh, well, your brother's research is his legacy. Right. I mean, right. this was pretty much the, the, you know, the big one, what it sounds like. And it was just branching off in so many different directions. And I, I just love that you're keeping it going. And the book, you know, we're, this is a part of the show before we sign off that you promote yourself, <laughs> you know, the book name, where they can buy it, the website, what you have coming up, whatever you want to share with us.
2: Well, the book is bleed through a true story of aliens, demons, and pure evil in Texas. And you can find it on Amazon. Uh, The website uh, is the website that my brother had that I rescued after he died. It's um, uh, experiencers.com with just an X experiencers.com. And um, that's where you can, see some information about Jim and his, actually you can see the picture of his first crew. And then you get into the bleed through part where we've got the book trailer mm-hmm. of EO there and um, the, some of the photos that Michelle referred to Yes, from Clay. So, I mean, you can judge for yourself the quality and the value and what you're seeing in those photos.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: some of them I can, I can debunk. Uh, right. There's some other things I can't. And, um, we, have actually got a photo analyst on the team as well. So, nice. um, Nice. You know.
1: We're covering yeah. every, every base, which I think is really important. Right. Because, you know, with pictures, there's a lot of pareidolia. It's easy to, to find things. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So,
2: and I had, I had had a moment with Clay explaining to him, uh, what, I, I debunked his photos that he said were of rods or skyfish. Right. And I, I was able to show him a video that just had a, a normal video camera and then a high-speed video camera with a timer in the middle. And you mm-hmm. could see that on one side, it looked like this long snake with a bunch of wings. Right. And on the other side with a high-speed camera, you could tell it was a moth. And so, right. you know, right. and, and he resisted that for a while, but I explained that... I believe you have had some extraordinary experiences and I don't want anything to distract people from those. So if there's something we can debunk, then let's do it. Let's debunk it ourselves.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think it's a good idea to go in um, with a healthy, um, open mind, but I I go through everything through the process of elimination. I'm excited right. to see what I'm left with, and it's not right. even that when you're left with it that it's a definitive. It just means that you get to keep going and try right. to to dig your heels in a little deeper and
2: explore
1: a little further. It's exciting,
2: exactly, exactly. And and you you've nailed that. You've nailed the way I feel about it. So I I yeah. think we're spirits on that yeah and and the fact is that you know I, I want everybody to know that when we do the dig there may be nothing there this could right. be i don't know for people in your audience who, who are old like me uh it, it could be like al capone's vault when geraldo rivera did this big two-hour special on tv live and right. oh we're gonna open you know right al it was like and there was nothing
1: right. there's nothing it was no. like,
2: yeah, like
1: but yeah. the anticipation was fantastic, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> right. So and you know, right. it's it's fascinating. The whole yeah. the process is fascinating and the and the peeling the onion, talking to witnesses that I haven't been able to find before, but we've got a private investigator on our team who now has the tools to find people I wasn't able to find on my own. And so now we're starting to do those interviews. So you know, it's to anticipate a part two to the book. Yes. Yes, for sure. Well,
1: you have an open door policy <laughs> right here awesome. on the show. So when you get there and you'd like to talk about it, uh, we definitely would love to have you come on and and share
2: that. We'd I would be home. I would be absolutely delighted to do that.
1: Thank you. And we would love to have you. And I know Amelia, my co-host, is is down for the count with you know she, she's just she's just yeah she was really under the weather so and no, i know she's I'm like sorry. oh god out of all the nights so it's like <laughs> i know i'm sorry Bubbles, i'm sorry so, so i know she would be delighted as well so well, we will do this again we shall we shall and yes. i'm already looking forward to it because i know awesome. you're going to end up with all kinds of phenomenal information and i think a lot of it will will validate You know, a lot of these stories,
2: it's out there. Yeah.
1: Dead alien is out there, Pat.
2: (laughs) Well, and maybe one, maybe while we're out there looking for the body, we will, some, somebody will come visit us
1: yeah jimmy oh, yeah. Hoffa, sometimes i don't know
2: <laughs> he's been there with <laughs> the alien i don't know but but you're right
1: you're right maybe you know maybe they came and collected their own maybe they maybe they did and that's
2: like, and that's a possibility yeah. that's in the back of my mind could sure. they if they could take the other one yeah could they take in the body of this one but you know again our exobiologist is gonna swab the container, swab you know, right. take samples of the dirt, Everything. take any kind of samples that we can find and and if there's anything anomalous about it, that's pretty cool.
1: right. Well, I also I mean depending how far down you dug, I mean and and, and where and how you know where you put them, I mean, vacuum sealed is great, but is it enough over time to keep the critters from making their way in like you have the right. elements against you you have time against you but you know i think i have a feeling you guys are going to sort it all out and uh and i can't wait to hear all about it and i know everybody else is feeling the same way so thank you for tuning in and i will be in touch with you and make sure you have links and all the fun
2: stuff all right thank you michelle so much this has been a lot of fun oh it was a lot of fun for me too so (laughs) so thank
1: you thank you all right good night bye well, everyone, we've come to the end of another fantastic segment. She was just a lot of fun, and kudos to her for continuing on her brother's legacy and um, trying to to validate all of this stuff. So, thank you, Pat O'Connell, and thank you to our sponsors, starting with Folgers Coffee. Thank you. We love you. We wouldn't do it without you. We couldn't do it without you. We appreciate you so much. Big thank you to Justin Snicker, a.k.a. Dr. Snick, the Sonic Surgeon. Thank you to Steve McGinnis. Anybody wants to email us, if there's somebody you'd like to see in the show, content that you would like to see addressed, anything like that, if you think you'd be a good fit for the show. Just email us at the outer realm at gmail.com. The outer realm at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to go to the Outer Realm Facebook page and just click on the email button as well. That will bring you to us for sure. Next week is going to be spooky week, of course. So, Wednesday, we welcome back Reverend Bill Bean. He's going to be discussing, discussing opening ourselves up uh, to different situations this time of year. But in general, I think Amelia and I touched a little bit on that last night with bleed throughs and things like that. But for some reason, this is the month where people go looking for these experiences and they open themselves right up in hopes of having one. So he's going to talk about all kinds of different things and he's, Wonderful people love them. We love them. So we're really looking forward to it. Thursday night, another new face on the show, Karen Wilkinson. Her book is called Stolen Seed, Evil Harvest. She's going to share the chronicle of her life experiences, but will also provide her insights into the activities and motives of extraterrestrial beings. She's going to delve into the reasons behind their actions, the challenges they encounter, and the intricate web of deceit they weave in their interactions with humanity like what <laughs> so this is this is going to be an interesting conversation to say the least so with that being said guys thank you all for tuning in you always make it so much better just in your interaction and oh and also big heads up on the 31st right here on the united public radio network all of the hosts i think starting from 7 p.m eastern onward we have a Halloween party right here, and all you're going to see for about four hours on October 31st is us all having a good time, doing some parrot talk and all kinds of stuff. We do it every year, and uh, we always have a blast, and they do really, really well, and the chat room really gets involved, and we just have a all-in-all all, good time. Mm-hmm. All right, so have a good weekend, and we'll see you next week. Good night.